Hey everybody, welcome to That Will Never Work. Could your kid become the next big name in business? And how do you help stimulate that entrepreneurial spirit in your child? Well, that's what we're going to explore in this week's episode with the help of our first ever quartet of co-founders to appear on the show. Julianne, Zachary, Maxfield, and Mark created a new beverage brand, Astronade. It's a twist on the traditional lemonade stand, and it caught my attention with its plucky marketing plan that even wound in their local mayor. Let's explore how I can help Astronade's founders, who met in the aptly named local STEAM program Rocket Club, get on the launch pad to success. Hi, I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. Over the years, I've heard that will never work thousands of times, but I've learned there are things we all can do to increase the chances that they will. So join me for That Will Never Work. Folks, welcome. And what I'd love to do as the start here is I'd love you to kind of start off by maybe taking a minute and talk about who you were, what problem it is you were trying to solve, and what your business actually does. Thank you for having us on the show. Um, we're a lemonade company that creates lemonade that is really good. And So, Julianne, I can tell there's something about your voice distinctive. I sound like a nine-year-old girl <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right well is that because you are in fact nine years old yes. or is it because you're actually 29 but you just have a very young sounding voice i don't know i cannot sound like a nine-year-old julianne in fact is nine years old and she's joined by three of the other founders of astronade we have zachary we have mark and we have maxfield and zachary how old are you i'm also nine Maxfield, are you nine as well? No, I am ten. Oh yeah, he's the he's, he's the old man of the group. Unless Mark's going to surprise us, how old are you, Mark? I'm actually the youngest. I'm eight. Ah, I see. Now, when you guys make decisions, do you do it based on age? No. Uh, does that does seniority play no. a role here? No, no. it's no. all of us. So, how is it that the four of you came to start working together? Well, we obviously started with Rocket Club, and. We were put in a team called the Astronauts, which is why we decide on the name Astronade. But we all play an important role of bringing us where we are right now. Like Mark, he designed this awesome logo that we have on our bottle. And Zachary has made deals with other, like, let's just say the way Mayor Weehawken and me and Maxfield we have done a lot of decision making on where we want to go with the company and overall we are all just all working together to make the best brand and business that we can and does one of you guys want to give a very brief idea of what rocket club is rocket club is a company and a website for young entrepreneurs that want to start a business well that's really really neat and um, it sounds like this is not just a, an idea, but you actually have a business going. Is that correct? Yes. Zachary, tell me what. Tell me what. Tell me about some of the progress you've made. Well, recently I brokered a deal with Mayor Richard Turner of Weehawken, New Jersey. I told him about Astronade. I told him about um, Rock Club. I told him about um, Fully Kid Owned Company. 
and he really liked that idea. So he really wanted to support us, and he got us into the Hamilton concerts, where Hamilton lost his duel, Hamilton Park. So there were five concerts, and the first one we um, sold about four cases, and then the other four, um, we sold one to two, at least. And how many bottles were in a case? Each case has 24 bottles. You were selling things prior to the concert, right? Even when I spoke to you, I think you were just about to do a deal with a restaurant, maybe? Is that right? Um, yes, we made a deal with Mighty Quinn's. So we'll give it to them. So we, we sold it there and we made And yeah. Wow. And so how is it that a bunch of 8, 9, and 10-year-olds could figure out how to put together a lemonade business. Because it's real. I mean, you have real ingredients, real bottles, real labels, real revenue. I mean, how hard was that to actually figure out all those things? So we partnered up with a white labeling, white labeling company. Ah. So they make a bottle of lemonade and they put our label on it and send it to us. So we sell... 24 bottles in a case that comes with that. So it's $48 to sell to a customer. So that's how much you charge the customers. You charge for $48 a, a case? Yes, so it's just 24 bottles. And what does that cost you? Like what does the white labeling company charge you for that? 84 cents. <laughs> per bottle, I assume. Yes. Not, not yes. per case. Per bottle. Well, that's a pretty good gross margin. Do you have other expenses that you have to um, account for besides the cost of the product? Delivery. Do you have delivery? Wow. But um, if we order 10 cases, we get free delivery. Fantastic. So would you guess, not counting the deal with the mayor of Weehawken, how many cases do you think you have sold up to that point? We sold 274 bottles by my our mighty Quinn's deal and Maxfield has been selling to his friends and family two dollars per bottle and he sold 288 bottles wow so there's something adding on to that concert thing so the mayor said that if it went well then we can um we could sell our astronaut at the weehawken recreation pool opening with grand opening, which was like a huge deal because there's been so many delays. And we sold it there. We had a little stand like at the entrance so everybody could see us when they entered. And um, we sold 10 cases and the mayor actually paid for all of them. (laughs) He paid for every single bottle, all the expenses. We kept the profit. Each bottle we gave, we got $2. And who who negotiated that deal? I did. I negotiated all the deals. Well, I got to say, negotiating a deal where uh, you get to sell it, but someone else provides all the product for free, that's a good deal. I don't think I've ever talked to an entrepreneur who managed to pull that one off. So congratulations. That is awesome. Also, we ha- made an, I made another deal with a local dance studio called JCT Dance, and um, we're selling it there for two fifty, and we keep one dollar sixty cents, and they get ninety cents. Fantastic! What a great success story that comes from entrepreneurship. But it's also quite impressive that the four of you have all stuck together through all this. 
have there been any incidences of arguments among the co-founders about maybe strategic direction uh, or about what you should be doing? Yes. So some of us had a argument on how much sugar there is on in an asterisk bottle, which there was a lot <laughs> of sugar, actually. There was 41 grams. So we we're thinking of doing a limited edition one that will have uh, not as much sugar in it. And we had a little argument on that for um, putting less sugar in the astronaut. So Julianne, were you on the other end of the argument? I was on the side where I think that there shouldn't be that much sugar in this astronaut, speaking that it's also supposed to be for kids. And during our lemonade stands, we saw that some kids couldn't get the astronaut because of its sugar level because we sold it around like three or four. What was the process that you figured out what the formula should be? How did you know how sweet to make it or how lemony to make it? We got the manufacturer in, in Pennsylvania and they just made the, they made the recipe and they just give us the bottles and we just sell them. Do people like it when they taste it? Is it pretty popular? Yes. Based off of our stands, people do like sugary things, but some people especially younger kids, they're not allowed to have sugar so late in the day or otherwise they're going to be hyper and then things happen. We've lost probably $25 of sales from kids not being able to have sugar. It's more than I expected. Well, it's a really interesting problem, which is how do you balance the various reasons why people might want to buy a product? I mean, so much of this is your product positioning, which is really trying to figure out when someone thinks of Astronade, what do they think of? What's the reason they're attracted to it? And of course, one of them could be we go on taste, in which case you don't care about anything else, but really how great it tastes. Um, and certainly adding sugar, that's the American way. In fact, it's amazing how many products we have every day have lots and lots of sugar into it to make them taste good. But a lot of other products, they make themselves positioning that they're healthy for you. And they've put all of their effort into delivering a healthy product and then talk about it as being a healthy product. And of course, there's a million different ways you can position a food product. Let me ask you a question about your positioning. How much focus is on the fact that this is a product that's been developed and is being sold by eight, nine, and 10-year-olds? When Zach approached the mayor, the mayor was definitely drawn to the fact that we were a fully kid-owned business, which helps us make more business-to-business -business deals because they want to work with kids. It helps. It also helps their probably their reputation as a a brand that makes like deals. Let's ask the question a different way: How many lemonades are there out there, which? say they taste really great. How many different brands do you think there are that talk about how great they taste? All of them say like, our lemonade is amazing. <laughs> you should buy this because everyone wants their lemonade to be sold and to get money. Correct. But a lot of them are saying they, that the reason you should buy this lemonade is it tastes great. How many lemonades out there are out there saying this is a healthy lemonade, which has less sugar or organic lemons? More than 10? Not much uh, compared to how much, how many lemonade companies there are. 
All right, now here's the big question. How many Lemonades have positioned themselves as we are a kid-owned business? None. Um, zero. Like business business? They're definitely kid lemonade stands. That, that yeah. is a thing. I understand, but not, not like this. So to answer your question, when I'm evaluating how do I want to position a product, there's two big pieces to it. The first one is I look at differentiation. I'm trying, like you said, to pick something different. And so I'm saying, what can I do this differently? Can I make this the cheapest of, of all the other products out there? Can I make it maybe the best? Can I make it the healthiest? Can I make it the best tasting? And in your case, it'd be very difficult for you to position yourself uniquely as one of those things. And so as you're looking at all the things you possibly could, being kid-owned is unique. That's really incredible. And as you're discovering, as Zach is discovering especially, it's a very valuable positioning that it resonates very well with people because not only do they order from you, but then they say, I'll pay for the product cost and let you keep the profits. And believe me, Minute Maid does not get uh, those kind of deals. The second thing is you have to pay off your positioning. In other words, you can't say, this is the best tasting lemonade and that's why you should buy it and then have it be disgusting. And you certainly can't say, this is the healthiest lemonade and then have it be made with all kinds of unhealthy ingredients. And it would be troubling if you say this is a kid-owned business and then everyone discovers that actually it's owned by Coca-Cola company. But I think you're not in danger of that uh, until, of course, you do get to the size where you're ready to sell out to the uh, the big boys and um, take your cash and plunk it down on a bicycle or whatever you, 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 you might get from the windfall from selling the business. But in other words, I think that's actually a very, very compelling positioning. It's unique. Um, you can pay it out. And I think it's actually valuable right now because, of course, people are looking to support businesses that are minority owned. And you certainly have uh, lots of other positionings. You know, is it there's female owned businesses are given precedence in some industries to trying to find more gender balance. A lot of companies are trying to favor buying products from businesses that are owned or run by people of color because they're trying to make sure they have more racial balance in who they do business with. And I think there's a role for you being the leaders and saying, we need to have some equality in terms of age-based businesses. This is grossly unfair that all the sales are going to businesses owned by adults. It's about time that kid-owned businesses got a bit more attention that were first in line for government contracts. In other words, <laughs> I think it's a great positioning and I hope you embrace it. I'm a big fan in terms of selling products of public relations. I think public relations is the most powerful tool that um, people can use for getting publicity for their company, for advertising, for marketing, and do it at almost no cost. And uh, being a kid-owned business, is a natural and it's a really a chance for you guys to make a lot more noise you know i know you're already making a lot of noise about your businesses but it really is a chance to get more attention paid to you by focusing on that so in other words there's a long answer to a short question i think it's a very very compelling differentiation
Is there anything else you're struggling with that I can help you with? Our model we picked is B2B, business to business. Tell me why you made that decision. It was so appealing because customers don't have to go directly to us to actually access us. They can go to the companies they already know to access us. And also, it's the shipping is super expensive. If you ship one case in the New York area, it's $20. When you say business to business, you mean... For example, selling it to a restaurant and then letting them, or to a grocery store and letting them selling it to their customers? Yes. Have you tried that approach yet? Have you gotten any good results back? From the dance studio, we, um, that's a B2B deal. That's a totally a B2B deal. And it's, it's actually working out really good. <laughs> that's fantastic. Cool. And Mark, did you have something you wanted to say? Um, yeah, the Mighty Quinns is also a B2B deal. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? That, and for those who don't know, Mighty Quinns is a restaurant. We also chose B2B because instead of directly finding customers and worrying about marketing, we can just say, here's our lemonade, make sales. And then if it succeeds, we continue our deals and we just get in more money and more money that we can use to expand our business and, and create better products. Since that will never work is kind of a somewhat educational of a podcast, probably should let people know that there is a drawback to business to business versus business to consumer. Do you got what what do you think the drawback was? What do you lose? So, on business to consumer, like I said it's way more expensive for um shipping. Also, you have to get the customers to really really realize you. Um like you had to, you have to constantly advertise for people to actually notice you. And um, you have to get your own store, either physical or virtual. Well, those are the bad things about business to consumer. What was what's one of the problems of going business to business? Business to business, people. It's really nice that they go to other places, but they don't get to know us very well. Oh, that's a good that good one. That's not the one I was even thinking of. But that's a good one. Mark, did you have, you have a thought about what what, what you might? Be losing in business to business? Yeah. Yes, we lose contact to our customers. If there's like something wrong with their product, we don't know that. That's a great one too. How about revenue? Do you get paid the same for a bottle if you sell to a restaurant versus if you sell to a consumer? We don't get as much because we have to find a negotiable price for both us and the business. And let's just say they, they want they want a lower price. And if we can't, we're not compatible with that, then we have no choice but to say no or just to deal with it. See, your margins are going to be less, right? I hope that's not a problem. I mean, how are you going to pay your salaries? <laughs> I am really impressed. You know, as you'll learn when you take physics classes in about 10 years, um, there's a thing called the half-life, which is how quickly things dissipate, how quickly they go away. The half-life for a business is about six months. So every six months, half of them go away. And then six months later, another half disappear. And the fact that you are still around 12 months in is really impressive. I really love the growth story. I mean, the fact that you've gone from just selling, selling by the bottles to buy the case to now buy the many cases at a time. Really impressive. But the thing that's really cool is that the four of you have stuck together. 
I do a lot of consulting for startups, and I'd say a huge amount of the time I spend is on helping the founding teams actually stay together because they begin to bump into problems and they have arguments and they have fights. And the fact the four of you have figured out a way to work together is very impressive. So I think this is great. And I'm expecting to be able to check in with you again in another 12 months. And all I have to ask is that you don't think you're now too big and important to want to talk to me because I want to make sure that you still remember back when you were just at the beginning, what it was like. Uh, so as as a last comment, Mark, you have a last thing to add here? Yeah, so bef- before we had 10 kids in our group, but then like two months later, since you had to take like this extra thing, um, like I think four kids couldn't do it and they got out. And then, and then Kenji dropped out like three months later. And then we got two other kids. We have Rohan and we also have Zach. Well, you know how it is. Everybody wants to be a part of it until there's work to do. So I'm glad you guys stuck with it. Anyway, again, I'm going to check back in about, uh, I don't know, six months or so. I'm really curious to hear how it's going. Congratulations on all the success. And thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, And if you, would ha- if you have any questions or would like to order some Astronade, possibly, you can go to drinkastronade.com. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was proof positive that you can be an entrepreneur no matter how old you are. And I really do wish the kids at Astronade all the best luck in the world. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe so you don't miss a single weekly episode. If you've got a business problem you're struggling with and would like to join me on the show, simply come to markrandolph.com forward slash guest to apply. And while you're there, add yourself to my mailing list so you're up to date on all my news and entrepreneurial tips. And finally, if a 30-minute podcast is just too much, I share all my hints and tips in more easily digestible nuggets on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and yes, even TikTok. You'll find links to all this stuff, plus my blogs and other writing on markrandolph.com. Check it out. Thanks again for listening, and see you all next week. group.